0: And welcome to another edition of Turned Out a Punk Footnotes. I am one of your hosts, the ever-loving, kind, benevolent Damien Abraham. And your other host, as always, is my buddy and your friend, too. Uh, not quite as benevolent, but but just as kind, Chris O'Toole. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Good, Damien. How are you? Good. And we also have on the line... For this special edition, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Chris. I'm just so excited to introduce nope. the not one, but two, Dave It Up and Dave Martin returning to the show. Welcome back, guys.
1: Hello, everybody. Hey.
0: Um, how are you both doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, it is my Friday, so I'm excited that I don't actually have real work
0: tomorrow. TGI. Uh, and Mr. Martin, how are you today?
2: I'm doing pretty well, you know. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. I'm doing well. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, now I am doing fantastic
0: because I am joined by not one, but three of my favorite people to talk to. Chris, you're my favorite person to talk to week in and week out, but <laughs> I think you'll agree with me that, you know, you and I having talked very recently, we're, we're glad to have some uh, buffer conversations.
3: Yes, one hundred percent. And I haven't spoken to the Daves uh, in a minute, so I'm I'm very curious to see what comes up.
0: <laughs> well, I Mr. Dave Martin and I had a New York City adventure, like on par with uh, uh, you know some movie set in New York, or the the Gigi Allen song, <laughs> yes, about raising hell in New York City tonight. On par with it was the a, last Gigi Allen like show, where he's walking yeah. down the street naked. <clears throat> Oh yeah, yeah yeah. 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 It was like that, Dave, right? Yeah,
1: it, totally. Totally. <laughs> you guys left the gas station or whatever that place was
2: called and <laughs> yeah.
0: went yeah. on to there.
2: Yeah. yeah, but it's it's a condo now. <laughs> a
0: condo. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to see you in person, Mr. Martin. And and David Up, hopefully one day I'll see you again. Yeah, I mean, you're you're in your touring cycle.
1: I assume I you won't completely fly over where I you know, my my home my current home state.
0: No, I think we'll probably wind up coming to your current home state. I think yeah. unless you move, I I will not be moving. Okay, well then yeah, we'll probably be there. We'll probably be there before too long. But anyway, speaking of before too long, uh, we said it was going to be you guys coming back in a short period of time, and it was it was a lot longer. A lot of stuff's happened. A lot of stuff's changed. But we gotta we gotta bring you guys back because we got to open up this dusty old mailbag and dissect it with our two favorite punk experts. Agreed. All right. Yeah. So, Chris, how are we going to do this today? Well, I
3: figure what uh, is probably the easiest way is that uh, I will tee up one of the messages because not everyone has access to the messages for uh, the listener. Uh, it's just a little too messy at the moment to be able to do that, and I'm not techie enough to figure out how to get it to all of them in a, in a timely manner in preparation. Uh, So I figure I'll just tee up uh, whatever message, and then we'll kind of work off
0: that if you gentlemen are good on that uh, structure. Love it. I like it. That way we're also like – it's kind of like you're leading this thing, and we're all (laughs) going in just like, all right, we're like putty in your hand, Chris. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Or I'm on the front line, one of the two. But yes, um, I will accept that duty. No problem. Uh, One thing I did want to mention before we begin – because I believe the last time that the days were were on the show, I don't believe they had met yet, IRL. Oh yeah, and I believe that has taken yeah. place. Am I correct?
1: Yeah. That means yes. That it now can. it feels like that was a very long time ago.
3: Yeah. It it. Yeah, it uh, does. It's definitely one of the highlights of my year, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Is that we met? Yeah, I was envious because I still haven't met David Up. I still haven't met you Dave, like Dave Ackerman. So that's I, true. I just I was like, you know, I was very you know, I feel like there's a there's a kinship here that I'm the only one now who has not completed like the the whatever, the the journey or what have you, the trek.
0: When you guys no, that's do true. It, when you guys finally meet we should film it and then edit <laughs> it and send it to bro him. And that should be like on the <laughs> Trinidad Punk YouTube channel.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay.
0: <laughs> 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 I'll keep that in mind.
3: Yeah. I, I, I do think if we're ever all in the same room, I think that would be funny.
0: Yes. What, if we if we edited us all hanging out and said to bro him, or if we all sang along to bro him.
3: <laughs> yes. I feel like that's going
0: to take some work. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> um, Have you guys, <laughs> you, you guys can't go, whoa,
2: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: I could. Who's me.
2: gonna have to cut themselves with the bottle?
0: Oh, uh, no one. No one can be Fletcher. That's the one thing we've learned. Punk has got certain people that are untouchable. Uh, you know, you you have those like HR is the untouchable front person. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's like there's people that have these places in Punk, right? And and Fletcher is the untouchable scariest person in Punk. <laughs> like okay. <laughs> Just like a a bulldozer of a human being with just, you know, you heard him on that podcast episode.
2: Yeah, that was a good episode. I was shocked by those stories. I hadn't, you know, in my mind, they're just like California dudes in shorts, like happy (laughs) to be there.
0: (laughs) Oh, dude, there are stories about that guy. Uh, The one that was alluded to involving the elephant. Um, Like they were just like, wow. He is, he is a one-man wrecking group. Being on tour with him that one time was simultaneously the coolest and most terrifying experience of my life. And I'd like to say that that was the Ignite lineup featuring Zoli Tag— Tegl- Or sorry, that was the Pennywise lineup featuring Zoli Taglias from Ignite. So, uh, you know, that, that also was a highlight of my life, too. You know, combining yeah. Ignite and Pennywise, like, that is...
1: I don't know, it's two might... great tastes, you know. It's peanut butter and chocolate, right there.
0: My my sixteen year old and my seventeen year old brain would have exploded <laughs> <laughs> Had that coming together. It would have been incredible. It would have been incredible. Like, uh, st- it yeah. was incredible. St- what am I saying? It would have been. It, like, it did happen. Like, it seems like I dreamt it up in theory. Did I, and I? I don't know if I've told you guys this, but there's also a time that Zoli Teglis sang for the Misfits in Toronto. Yeah, I don't. I do not see Zoli era misfits. That's like got to be like that's like the white whale of
2: well, great like, lineups. Would you say arrow? What what was that arrow? Was it like a a, a month or how long did it last? Oh, I don't know. Um, I think it was
0: a matter of weeks. Maybe was it that short? Well, because like Michael Graves got thrown in prison, and then Zoli wound up in the Misfits, but he didn't even know all the songs. At least at the Toronto show. Because then they started having, like, the guy from Speed Dealer came out and sang some songs. I think Jerry Only might have sang a couple songs. They invited people besides, in the crowd. <laughs> up besides the Chris, who doesn't <laughs> know all the Misfits songs? <laughs> you know, really I know the only
3: one, one that learn. matters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know like Baines, baby. If right now, like, it's 9 p.m. where I am. I had band practice and I worked a 10-hour shift. For, like, Dave, sorry, we need you to do this Misfits set right now, but... Okay, you know, and I I, I could do 83 earlier misfits convincingly right now,
0: yeah. I couldn't tell you, yeah. I'd be off the page on a lot of it too. I think I'd be pretty good, but who isn't,
1: you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to do like do a live record of it, yeah, but uh, (laughs) I mean, like maybe I would if it was the only time I was going to do it, but uh, I mean. Yeah, you could you could fake your I mean I could fake my way through probably call on my brothers if we're just gonna
0: throw me into Ignite. Yeah, but, uh, that would be amazing. That would be bad. That would well, be I very bad. If someone were to call me right now, my phone was to ring right now, and it was like either we need you to come sing for the misfits or we need you to sing for Ignite. I'd probably be more excited about singing for Ignite.
1: Yeah, I mean when you're down you hold on to your friends, you keep until the end.
0: Cool. Uh, but, yeah.
4: <laughs> I love you, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like yeah, the best I mean, part in any song ever like <laughs> being, I want to become like a like um, you know like a turntablist and just like do the, like the good parts of music you know like the I love you man from <laughs> Call My Brothers into yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the telephone part from Homies you know just like put all <laughs> the songs that I love together um, on a just pulling random like you know
1: drops out of songs for, for comedy um if you were to put on the down in flames lp track 12 14 seconds in there's a, a fuck you so we would always just say 12 14 as our way of saying fuck you as a good uh tear it up down in flames related joke <laughs> it's like if you it's like that's like a kind of like a drum break fuck you and then it like goes back into the song we'd always say 12 14 there was a this is a joke for basically one person but i feel like we had a the other equivalent was like thirteen something. There was another one that was from Powerhouse, uh, I believe, the California Powerhouse. Yeah, uh, that also had a fuck you. That Andy Scarpula was like, you know, their only fan, and he tried to make that other one stick. But twelve fourteen is really the one I remember.
0: So are you saying Down in Flames over uh, California Powerhouse?
1: I'm gonna say that. Yeah.
0: Whoa. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on that one. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. That's a hard one. <laughs> That's a Sophie's Choice right there. Oh, you're getting a
1: third call in. Do you want to sing for Powerhouse tonight, Damien? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm picking Powerhouse over all of them. Over the Misfits? Yeah, no. I I'm, I'm I'm told you, I'm picking Ignite over the Misfits. I'm going to definitely do Ignite. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 um... Uh, yeah, like I, I don't know. Let's just move on because we can talk about this all night. <laughs> Fuck, we can talk about this all night. Okay, uh, I guess we should open up a mailbag, and then at the end of the show, because Chris and I are going to be doing this next week on the show. I kind of want to talk to each of you about if you have a favorite episode of Turned of Punk from this past year, or favorite guest. Ah,
1: uh, you know, well, no, 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 no. Think
0: about okay, it. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have
1: to, I'll have to pull the app up and then take a look at my year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I will. We can, We can, I'll read them off all the names because then next week <laughs> people can send in. Yeah, we're gonna. Okay, actually, got it. That's how we're gonna do it. Fuck it. We got a lot of t- uh, shit to do, so let's get into this mailbag. Yeah, gotcha. It feels like we've okay. already recorded the podcast, but that's because we're only eleven minutes into the recorded version, but like an hour and eleven minutes into <laughs> our conversation. Yeah, but yeah.
1: a little behind the curtain to the uh, the listening audience we didn't bring up ignite earlier and you know that could have really just really sparked off
0: a lot of conversation dave martin have you ever heard ignite (laughs) no no (laughs) (laughs) that is a great dave i love you man and you have to hear ignite (laughs) you'll be really surprised that it was
1: really popular for a minute
3: you'll be more (laughs) surprised that that the vocalist ended up fronting the misfits for real for i think what like definitely a tour, but I believe it was maybe even like a, a like a, a number of years. No,
0: no, he did like one sh- uh, like one good month. I thought he did a tour. I thought it was like a year span of shows they played. He was definitely not in it for like a week. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, yeah, I don't. He didn't do like a record or anything, but he was definitely no. in it for like yeah, a leg of some sort. I think it yeah. was
0: in it for like a little bit. I think it was like Michael Graves got in a prison. He did a couple shows, but then they had. um then they decided, like, fuck it. Why do we need a vocalist? Like, like we can just do it without it. Like, and then they started doing that for a while. And then they did the, eventually the Misfits supergroup, where uh, it was like they would do some Ramon songs. So they had Marky on drums. Dez was in the band, so they do some Black Flag songs. Then they do some Misfits songs. It was like a like I like got a punk hardcore review. It says, <laughs> according to uh,
1: the news source Wikipedia. Uh, he toured with the Misfits October-November
0: 2000. Wow. Yeah, well.
3: Uh, I, during, yeah. I, I, I elongated that, but okay, so it was two months. Wait, so yeah. you're saying
0: it's only one more year till the 20th anniversary of that tour? I, I think that <laughs> might, hopefully that'll come up. Dude, I gotta, like, um, that would be something I would fly to see. <laughs> Pretty- uh.
1: God, the, if, if honestly, if Zoli Misfits played Austin tomorrow, I don't think I'd go. Then you are a <laughs> fucking
0: fool. <laughs> are you out of your uh, mind? I would sir? Go.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's and Dave Martin doesn't even you know, know why.
1: If I'm being real, it'd be it's honestly in the middle of my weekend. So yeah, maybe I would. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I got, I'm, you know, I'm, I gotta stay, stay out there,
0: stay active. You know.
1: Yes. I to see all
0: my good friends at the Zoli Misfits reunion yes. tour. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. What about Andy at and fronting Powerhouse? Would you go to that tomorrow if it happened?
1: If it was local, for sure. I mean, if Andy <laughs> was singing for, like, any band tomorrow, I'd probably go. You know, like, why
3: not?
0: Uh, okay. Uh, Chris, should we open up the mailbag? <laughs>
3: yes. Yes, we should. Um, <laughs> the first email is from listener Damo. Uh, and the topic is Edith Massey and it goes back to, I'm trying to think of what episode that came up on, or if it was just you and I talking, I think it was. No, Damon. I thought it was, uh, I thought
0: it was something cause we, there was like, I mean, maybe it's the Thirst and more one, but it's something about Johnny. I thought it was something about Joy or and We might've touched it. No, it was, er- it was earlier
3: than the yeah. Thirst one I thought. Yeah, well, it had to have been. It was from September. That's how up on the mailbag. Okay, been.
0: well, you know what we should do? Uh... I'm going to have the episode list on my thing for handy <laughs> reference.
3: You're going to handle that?
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to have to memorize them to read them all at the end of the show anyway. So. It was the the 18th day
3: of September 2018,
0: okay. regardless
3: that we received this. Uh, but it's regarding Edith Massey, g- largely known as uh, the Egg Lady, for people in the know. Um, but the message begins, uh, the deal with Edith Massey, the Egg Lady from Pink Flamingos, uh, sang in a punk band called Edie and the Eggs. She has a record out under her name, Edith Massey, which has a song on the B-side called Punks Get Off the Grass. I'm sure it's on oh, YouTube. But yeah, you
0: I definitely know that song.
3: <laughs> yeah. And uh, if memory serves correctly, he writes... John Waters discovered her by seeing her singing in the band. And then John Waters uh, just mentions that he has interests and what have you. Um, Then he mentions here that he interviewed Danita from L7. And she said he had personally requested to have them in Serial Mom as well. So he's in touch with whatever, that whole thing. But yeah, of course, there was the Locust thing too in, what was that, Cecil B. Demented? Cecil B. Demented, demented, yeah.
0: Um, but a band in anyway, Spaz too was Spaz in one of them or something.
3: That I'm foggy on. Could have been.
0: I thought there was another hardcore I, band from maybe a maybe it's a Baltimore band that he was like super into.
3: Yeah. But uh, so that was the message. So essentially, uh, I believe you and I were trying to parse. I, I think I mentioned maybe because I, I did this uh, recently. I sort of solicited about the photo of Joey and Edie is kind of like an infamous photo which ran in a punk punk zine or whatever i don't know if it's like the first one or whatever issue and i've always wondered how it came about and how it existed and then so this this message just mentions her punk past i had someone reach out and mention that um seemingly i guess in this band she once actually played toronto i believe it was told to me opening for the vial tones and uh i don't they didn't mention a band but basically they just mentioned that she chastised the audience for her whole set and that was it i've seen the
0: flyer for that that was <laughs> and, at the horseshoe i don't think there was a band i think it was just like a personal appearance
3: yeah it could have been but uh i i had found out in uh i'm trying to find what the hell that book's called now joey's brother wrote a book
0: oh uh, on the road with a remote or in bed with her with the it's road, on the road with. Like, I have it downstairs.
3: I thought oh, no, if, if he called, the, I thought, it was that. was a tour manager. I thought. Slept
2: with. The, yeah, yeah, that I, was Monty's uh, book on the road with. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had that well, one.
3: This is called. Um, I have it here somewhere. Let me just look it up. It's something like I slept with. Like the inference is like it sounds like a groupie title, if you will, but it's that he's his brother. Yeah. yeah. So I slept with Joey Ramone, a family memoir, and within that, there's a reference to her living in the building of where they lived Edie meaning and that she was a seamstress of some sort at the time um and had done like joey's early glam outfits and maybe that's where this all began i'm not sure so anyway i just thought it was interesting someone wrote in to us about it and then had a sort of a different angle but uh, i wasn't aware of this band and i don't know if any of you heard this like the her band or whatever the punk band
0: no, I'm yeah at, I've heard that record you, I'm looking at it it's from 82 um so I, I guess where would that have been probably like she would have been playing like CVs at that point right I mean she died in 84 so she was
1: in her 60s in 82
0: yeah wow. and that would have been after the horseshoe show because that would have been 78 so this would have been I think she probably would have been already well known by
2: this point right
1: yeah now well now the, yeah pink flamingos is 72
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, but well known is maybe. Uh, str-
0: uh, yeah, that right. might be. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was. It, I don't like unless she was playing in the band before too. But it seems like there's no way John Waters would have seen this and discovered her out of this.
2: No, no, no.
3: I think as well, obviously, that the punk band name Edie and the Eggs should that have been? I don't see it listed here on the resource, but um, obviously that seems to be a reference to the Pink Flamingos thing, of course.
0: Yeah. So. I'm guessing. Oh, I even said yeah. the uh, the egg lady from Pink Flamingos. <laughs> yeah,
3: there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the record exists. I did not know this. I'm happy There's to know. There's three versions
0: this. of it. Um, the, and, and it looks like it's the rarest versions are the non picture sleeve version, the picture sleeve version, or the picture disc version, I should say, it goes for uh, 37 bucks. But the other ones are, seem to be really hard to find.
3: Either way, yeah, from 82. So anyway, great message. Um, I'm glad that uh, we're starting to unearth these sorts of tidbits. I still wish someone would explain to me the exact photo, you know, why that exists and and what the context entirely is. But either way, she has a punk connection, and that's that. Um, I don't know if you want me to open another one, or you guys have something you want to work off there at all?
2: Uh, No, is there anything else you wanted to add? well no but i mean if i had a chance to take a picture with edith Mas- massey i, I certainly would have yeah <laughs> yeah course, why not yeah. i'd love but to do you john think- waters
0: that'd be so cool
2: do you think that's what it was though
3: do you think it was their fascination meaning like the joeys and or ramonesy like that crew of people their fascination with the bizarre like john waters world and that's what it was or do you think it was the other way around
2: Um, I bet you it was their fascination. I mean, I, you you know, obviously like those movies were kind of instantly legendary. Yeah. So you figure they would have had to have seen them, you know, speculation. I have no real, you know, proof, but I mean, come on. But I think because that era of punk was also like down
1: with like the beat poets and like Andy Warhol and just like art and things like that, that them going to see John Waters' films makes sense. And if you're going to go to New York, you might try to go to CBGBs just because that's where the other, like, counterculture people go. And then the Ramones were, you know, a big fish in that pond. So them all just, like, going places to, like, you know, probably do blow and hang out with each
0: other, like, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like Studio 54 and, and places like, not Studio, not Studio 54, maybe even, but, like, uh, Max's Kansas City and stuff like that, I guess, would have been more like a mixing ground of so many different types of people. Yeah. Um, and I imagine also, like, holdovers from the factory. Like, did she hang out the factory? Like, would she have? That,
3: that was alleged. I've never... Nothing has ever come up, because that was sort of when I started to research this at all. That's the angle I was going off of, and no one... I hadn't found anything, and no one had ever... Um, sent anything to me about it but it, you know it doesn't mean it doesn't exist somewhere but it just seems to be that it there isn't a direct association there at least that i can find mm-hmm. maybe someone else that knows feel free to write us here
1: this those, i mean books. once again no no disrespect because if anything it might be more kudos to the work of john waters but a lot of the the weirdos in john waters movies i don't see them as being like secretly artistic and cool i think them as being just, like, weird trash that he found. so then, well, like, A lot of judgment there, Dave. No, I'm saying that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm saying this could be, John Waters, you know, crafted a, a well-made thing, but, Are like, they seem John very Waters convincing. The... <laughs> Go on, They seem very convincing that they're just complete weirdos more than they'd be, like, going to, like, artsy hangouts.
3: I, I kind of concur with that. I, I see where you're going. I, I feel that that's probably accurate. Especially with those like the early movies like that specifically, yeah, I think yeah. once he hit like that certain like degree of success, if you dare I say, I think maybe it changed a little bit because people got in on the on the act, if you will, because yeah, but I'm saying something. like you're you're maybe by like
1: desperate living. I, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like the first bunch you'd yeah. have to like multiple maniacs and pink flamingos and all that I'd you know I don't know.
3: Yeah, I, I get what you mean, but no. I the, regarding the factory thing, there's nothing I found. Again, could be wrong. I don't know, but um, yeah. I also the other thing to think of too is those movies were specifically big midnight movies. Yeah, uh, which is where they kind of found their life. So perhaps mm-hmm. that made it like that whatever esoteric thing that you know, whatever the people on the Lower East Side were all about, or whatever the artsy folks that were down with that kind of stuff. Who knows? Um, but anyway, I always thought it was the other way around. I always thought it was like perhaps an infatuation with Joey, being that Joey would have been the bigger thing. But perhaps he might not have been at that time, even.
0: Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't. I, 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 think he probably would have been right. Like I think that was past but, their prime, right?
3: Well, I don't know what year the photo purports to be taken. I just seventy six, like
0: I believe seventy seven, maybe.
3: Yeah, so they're still. I don't know. So you're any- saying Ramones are past their prime? No, no, I'm saying like for the. Oh <laughs> like, You're
0: saying I'm throwing shade for saying those weirdos are. You know, those <laughs> yeah. weirdos?
1: No, the Ramones. <laughs> uh, pre-75 is, is only what I.
0: That's <laughs> when they. That's when they mattered. After that, it was just like some fucking yeah. weird pop trash. Once Joey moved to vocals, I was checking. Yeah, out. I was out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once once Johnny shaved the beard, I'm I'm no longer a fan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Dave doesn't even get that. Dave, David up hasn't heard that yet.
0: No, in the Barry Hensler one, there's some great other live Ramones uh, lore, <laughs> anecdotes. Yeah. yeah, Uh,
1: I, 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 without knowing that episode, I could still tell that
0: beard era would definitely be a,
1: an early era to, to draw, draw a line into the sand at.
0: <laughs> I think, I think, like, to me, the funniest thing I can picture is the Ramones with ZZ top beards, yeah like all over like super long black jet black beards. <laughs> oh god, I'm going to I'm going to uh, I got to make that on a computer or something. I got to look at that in real life because in my head it looks amazing. <laughs> uh, so uh I guess are we done with that one? Should we move on to the next email? Yeah,
3: we'll move on to uh another uh contentious topic of email. Uh it's just a quick tidbit regarding um Uh, Sorry, it was from a listener, Eric, writes in mentioning that uh, in reference to footnote 179. uh, I don't have it in front of me as to what that is offhand. But anyway, uh, we, I guess, pontificate a lot about Gigi Allen, as we tend to do on this program. Uh, And they wrote in to mention that there is a new documentary about Merle and Gigi's mother, Mm-hmm. And it's pretty funny how suburban Merle is now, the The listener writes, and figures that we would be interested. I actually was unaware of this. Uh, this is also Eric from Pittsburgh, and I feel like we need to shout out Pittsburgh because Dave Martin's here. And, uh, you know, so kudos to Eric from Pittsburgh. But uh, I have never seen this, or and I wasn't even aware of this, actually. So I'm excited to watch it now. I'm assuming none of you have seen it yet?
2: No. No. I I, I don't know. It would just take a lot to get me to watch it, I think. (laughs) I think, I I don't know.
3: I think it could be good. I'm just curious the angle of it.
2: Oh, I just, oh, I just, uh, it just fills me with dread. Like, uh, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. It's not a question I want to know any of the answers to, like from (laughs) his, his mom, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true.
3: But, yeah. I mean, is it is it really in reference to to Gigi at all, though? And it, is it more just about the contemporary life of Merle and the mother? That's what I'm curious. Like, that's that's what I'm thinking. If that's the angle, maybe it might be interesting.
0: I hear it's really good. Like, um, uh, uh, you know, a future guest, uh, Darby Allen, who's a big Gigi Allen fan, uh, was telling me about this, like, uh, about a year ago, saying how great this thing was. Um, obviously, he's a fan, but... I know, I'm, I'm interested. Like, that's the thing about Gigi Allen. Like, that's the best part of Hated, I think, is when he goes back and they're talking to his high school buddies, like the guy from the, what is it, Malpractice <laughs> Band? Is that the pre-Gigi Allen band's name? I cannot remember offhand. The band's sick. They got a good single. Gigi played drums in it. I yeah, mean, really? I mean,
1: all the weirdos that are in, I mean, Hated is great. Hated it is
0: amazing. It is. Hated, like, might hate be. What's the director? Uh, Todd, Todd Phillips? Yeah. Todd Phillips, there we go. Todd T- Hated to me might be like the ultimate turned out of punk thing. <laughs> you know, like here's the dude that would go on and direct like The Hangover and his first movie is a fucking Gigi Allen documentary. Yeah. Yeah, that is a that is a stretch for sure. Dave, were you in New York when that guy was still around?
2: Uh, the director dude? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think so, but I don't I don't think we ran in the same circles. I wonder what circles
0: he would have been in, right? Because like you gotta figure he would have been had to be a little bit in the know to know Gigi Allen. Like I guess Geraldo had happened.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, I don't think you know what I don't think I, I, I don't think we overlapped. Maybe he was already gone. But yeah, no, Gigi was like it was, you know, kind of as big as you could get. You know, like a, like you said, he had been on TV, he had been on talk shows. Lots of people knew about Gigi, so it was, uh, you know, it was like a, a thing. You know, I don't think it was any sort of like super underground knowledge. You know
0: what's Gosh. funny is like I hear stories about suck dog and suck dog shows, and it seems like Lisa Suck Dog was doing like the same kind of thing that Gigi was, right?
2: Well. Like a feminine version, it was definitely confrontational. Uh, it was uh, not safe for work, as the people like to say. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a lot of nudity, uh, a lot of fluids and, just, and bodily stuff. Yeah, um, but you know, I, I was less musical, uh, or I don't know, at least the music was was more, uh, an aside. You know, there was a, a definitely, like, a whole theatrical element to the Lisa Suck Dog shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then there was, that, like, it was, like, a weird psychodrama that was, you know, being played out. And, you know, with the goal to really, like, make people uncomfortable, um, you know.
3: Well, yeah. and to add, to add to that, were they not briefly an item?
0: Oh, well, um, she went on a date with him. She wrote about it in, in Roller Derby, that one. You know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew I, there was something with that, but I don't know what. I think it was well, more like it, a funny thing, right, to go on a date with him.
2: Yeah. There was like, I think it was like a brief, uh, you know, infatuation, uh, gotcha. but it did inspire then the the uh, Suck Dog and Costas record, or was it just Costas record, called Rape Gigi, that was about yeah. Costas being jealous of Gigi, um, you know, in relation to Lisa Suck Dog. Uh, and those records, when they came out, I mean, they were definitely, they were, they were so insane. Like, I, uh, you couldn't figure them out at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I remember being so
0: excited getting the first Smog record. Because he was, Bill Callahan started, like, in
2: Suck Dog, right? I think. Well, I don't. I I, I don't I, I don't really remember. I mean, you know, he you know he had a fanzine and all that sort of stuff. So he had this whole like pre uh, history to to cr- before he created any music. Yeah. But I, I don't. I don't know what his relationship with Lisa was. His first record, at very least, is a split with Suck Dog, and it's oh. A uh, single,
0: maybe? Yeah, Split 7 Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, it doesn't sound like Smog. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> well, even, you know, those early records are really, um, you know, especially if you've uh, heard, you know, Smog or Bill Callahan records, they're uh, uh, very unmusical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> comparison.
0: Very. I think, like, you know, I think I break horses. In particular, the John Peel BBC session with Jim O'Rourke playing piano on it is like the greatest song of all time. Like, oh, or Chosen One too from the same session. It's like one and two, but yeah, those early singles, a little different. Yeah, wow, you're going deep on the smog, Damien. Oh, yeah. I love smog. <laughs> I love smog. I've, I've tried to get him on the show. And this is after like talking to multiple people that's like, yeah, probably won't be a good episode. <laughs> and I'm like Yeah? I, I don't care. I want to do it. I'm really,
2: really funny. I beg Come to on.
3: differ. I beg to differ as well.
2: No, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean he's a functional human, right? Yeah,
0: like, no, absolutely. But I just I've heard from people that he's not like you know, like there's certain people that, you know, like love interviews and, and just kinda like do well in that kind of setting. And then there's other people that don't, right? And I'm not well, no judging on people think... that don't.
2: I don't know. You're not asking him like why he wrote a song, True. like you know, on his new record. You, you know, your questions are pretty basic. So, you know, oh, thanks. If you can't... thanks, Dave. What do you? What do
0: you? What do you really think? up, and you think I'm like you know one of the people in the John Waters movie? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what I mean is, you get like. You, you know you you're asking for <laughs> yeah, I know, for, I know, know a story fine. about a person's journey <laughs> yeah no i know like, i know. You
0: know no i get it i get it i get it no yeah. i and i believe me i will i i could give two shits why he wrote a song i really want to find out did he ever mosh to the circle jerks yes <laughs> that's what we want to know that's what we need to know that's what this podcast <laughs> is here for <laughs> uh Okay, should we are, are we, should we open another question? Should we start recording? What are we doing? Yeah, we're no, recording. Yeah. We're good? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do another dab, say, guys. I'm going to do another dab. I don't know about you guys. Feel free to do <laughs> another dab on your ends.
3: I just want to say Damien and Mr. Martin delivered the deepest footnote vibe right out of the gate pretty early on, so I'm very happy with that. We, yeah. we got in a ton of stuff there that people like me will care about, and uh, that's what we're here for. That's what um, we're here for. Uh, To clarify really quickly, you mentioned that Rape Gigi record, Dave Martin, and that is from 1988, and it seems to be some kind of like independent released Costas and Suck Dog release from 88. Uh, Also, coincidentally, uh, on a footnotes tip, uh, reissued on CDR in 2000.
2: Oh, good!
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: by, by Costas, uh, which is uh, it? it I, I hope it's on streaming services, so that when Damien does the uh, the, uh, the playlist. Spotify playlist, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So, <laughs> mercifully, I don't do
0: playlists for footnotes because that would be like they'd be like a thousand songs long, and none of this them one will will be just, available on streaming services. I think this this will be the first one, and it's just Suck Dog and Smog all the <laughs> way through, and that's, that's all we get, dude. I would make hundred percent make an all Smog playlist. That song uh, "River Guard" on um, on um, "Knock Knock." Holy shit, dude! Holy shit, that song. Is...
3: <laughs> David is blowing, literally blowing my mind right now. I had no idea not only were you a Smog fan, but you were a big Smog fan. Yeah. this is wild. This yeah. is a definite first on on like on air, certainly.
0: <laughs> but... No, I love I love Smog. Something fierce. Uh, you know, there's a couple artists that you know that I just like just can't get past and smogs one. And then this one I know is like kind of more cliche, but Elliot Smith. Since yeah, either or I got that when it, when it came out kind of around that time, saw him live a bunch like by myself, like would go to his shows by <laughs> myself because like I was underage too. So like I couldn't even bring friends to the first time I saw him. And then the second couple of times I saw him, none of my friends would go. So I just go and watch him by myself. But Oh man. So good. I saw Smog by myself and yelled out some songs for him to play, and he didn't play what I wanted. <laughs> Are
3: you the only person in the history of a Smog concert to do that? I wonder, is my, my question.
2: I break horses!
3: <laughs> <laughs> the only Smog release I own is the X Con 7 Inch from 97, released by Domino. That is the only one I own, and it is decent. But I would describe it as Dave Martin did is not quite musical, certainly. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. But no, I yeah. also
3: own Suck Dog records that are not quite musical, and I also, you know, I'm into that too. But yeah, you two, heard... A plus, A plus on that though.
4: <laughs> okay,
3: it was great. Uh, <laughs> what can we get into next year? Let me just see. Crack <laughs> that bag. <laughs> so. Um, do we want to discuss uh, I don't want to do this on the back of what we just talked about I feel like it's it's covering the same territory so we'll jump into the poser songs debate Ooh. Uh, we've had a few people write in uh, we touched on this months ago again but somehow we were talking Damien and I on, on one of these footnotes about you know like the big songs by a band and we we called it poser songs so uh, listener, Mark, wrote in and mentions, here's some Poser songs. Um, still jam them all. Haters be damned. So the list is accordingly. Floor Punch, Let It
0: Ride. That's David Up territory. Poser uh, song. 100%, 100% <laughs> agree with that. That's definitely their one. 100%
3: agree, too. Yes. Yeah. It's a great tune. Though. I've covered that uh, song,
0: too, and I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Converge Saddest Day. I cannot remember what that song is off the top of my head. Uh, Refuse New Noise. Yep. Uh, Faith No More Epic. Yep. Joy Division. <laughs> love Will Tear Us Apart. Yep.
2: Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... <the laughs> Faith Dude. No More Epic. Like, what... You're, so you're into all those Faith No More deep cuts, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guess first so. record
0: on Mortem is pretty sick. Yeah, see, see here's the
1: thing, Dave Martin. People love Faith No More. Yeah, people love it. But, them. like, I think I... I I mean, I've I've others. Sorry, I just lose you. Um, I've heard other songs, but I mean, Epic was so big when I was in like what eighth grade. I don't know. Um, it's it's. I just can't. I have no desire to like go deep on Faith No More.
0: I think the poser song for Faith No More probably though is uh, that cover
3: because yeah, Sunday easy? Sunday morning, Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah. Or if um, I don't Sugar know what the song title, no, no. no but I'm easy. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. On, I got to tap. Easy like a Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah,
3: agreed. Is
1: well, that, that, was is that Faith No More? Change. Is that like Mike Patton on his. Uh, no, that's Faith No More. No, that's right,
3: Faith No More. Yeah. Uh, Surprise you're uh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> the, the list continues here. A former guest from this band at the drive in, One Arm Scissor. And the, they end this message with a question, which is, "What do you feel the Cro-Mags poser song is? Would it be Hard know. Times or Don't Tread on Me?" And Dave, David up, jump to it. I would, I would agree with Dave Martin or Dave Martin, David up on this. Um, yeah, it's got a music I video. It. Yeah, agreed. I'm with. We we got to know over those two.
0: But like a poser song is kind of like, lo, like to me, the poser song then, is like low-key the best song. But it's the song that all the posers like. Well
1: know? then it would be hard times for the Chrome X break yeah. breakout part. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And Propagandhi covers that on the comp, so you know, it's like <laughs> a gateway song for a lot of people to the Chrome eggs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had that Propagandhi cover before I had the Chrome eggs record, I'm not gonna lie.
3: Well, for, for, uh, yeah,
0: that I can see that, but
3: I still um but anyway. Uh, to solicit you, gentlemen, what uh, are there any that you can think of relating uh, poser songs um, that you can think of? There's another, sorry, another quick message here from another listener, Michael, who writes in and mentions that C O C. He says, "Vote with a bullet or eye for an eye."
1: I mean, that's those are so different because one of them was like a bullshit radio song, and one yeah. of them is one of the greatest songs of our time.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of them yeah, will by murder by the state. Um, I think, like, yeah. uh, I think the radio rock part of it is kind of true because, like, we came with a poser song because we said, "I will survive," is the poser Grateful Dead song, right? Or I will get by. A touch of Gray. Touch of Gray. Talking about No, Touch of Gray. That's it. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then, you know, which is my my favorite Grateful Dead song, probably. <laughs> Now, second yeah, yeah. favorite. I like Cream Puff War and then that one. Um, and then, like, Bro Him is kind of like that for Pennywise. And then but, Juggalo Homies is like that for the Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> no, just regular homies. No, but, but like, no, remember that's With a, different a Bullet? Song, like, Chris.
1: Is Vote With a Bullet, like, to me that's like saying which is the better DRI song. Like, I Don't Need Society or, like, Gun Control.
0: but like, You know, like. If, okay, because you're a huge COC fan. Like, they're, like, one of your bands, right? Yeah, yeah. So if I came to you and I said, "Yo, vote with a bullet is kind of the best C.O.C. song," would that make you angry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. Then well, that's 100 percent the poser song. That, that's but, how it goes. But the the
1: amount well, of people that will pick like that four punch song as the best four punch song is is a lot. And it's like, yo, that song's stupid. No offense. Exactly. Exactly. You know, dudes, that's that's like, why it
0: works. Like, it's something that the real fans are like, yo, that's not the best song. Uh, but it kind of is the best song because it's the one that the most people like, which let's be honest, is really <laughs> the indicator that it's the most successful piece of so songwriting. Is,
1: is TV Party the Black Flag one? hundred
0: percent. Yeah. Yep. That, yeah. That's it. hundred percent. You got it. You got it. Definitely. Good call, by the way. I'm surprised so no one wrote in with that. that. Yeah. It seems like it's a little on the nose. What else are you going to go with?
1: Like, the more I see
0: or you know, like. Yeah, like you can can you, name, believe? you can name better songs by these bands, right? Like you can name like if you're a fan of these bands, you can be like, no, dude, this is the best song, or like this is the best song. It's not that one, that's just the most popular one. But like yeah. there's a reason it's the most popular is because it's, it's kind of good. But it's not good if you're a fan. You know, that's how I think that's this game works to me. Okay, okay. You know? Like uh the other shoe is the fucked up poser song. <laughs> It's definitely our best song, <laughs> but if you're a, you know, it's not like reflective of the whole sound. Yeah. But it's also kind of like the most annoying song. You know?
3: <laughs> Dave Martin, do you have any input on poser songs from bands
2: that we're discussing here? Um, well, I, I'm still trying to get my head around the COC one because I just don't think that's fair. Yeah. Um You know, you <laughs> like. You can't compare those eras of the band, you know, in terms of... Because you know. well, to, to, to be even fair, if you're
1: going for, like, not not prime era, or even, like, second best era, or maybe yeah. third best era, wouldn't you still it, go Albatross?
0: Dude, that's why this works, because it is the not the best era, and this is the most popular era. Like, that's why, like, you know, like, <laughs> Touch of Grey, you can't judge that
2: against, you know cream puff war or like whatever that noodley you can't you can't bullshit is you could just uh, be like oh you know it's just as bad no but it's a good
0: song dude it's
2: like is it like saying my
1: my favorite beatles song is i've got my mind
0: set on you no 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 because that's (laughs) like post beatles i can't but you could say like the best beatles song (laughs) yeah beatles might be a hard one to do because there's a lot of poser songs in the beatles catalog Um, oh yeah you know like uh I had another good one in my head two seconds ago, too, that I was trying to think of, um, you know, but there's, there's definitely like, you know, we're we're in the ballpark now for what I, this is like my version of the game. Everyone has to kind of have their own version of the game. But I think like it's the one where the true fans are like, no, but then the people that just casually like the band are like, yeah, kind of. And and ultimately, you know, that's the poser song.
2: OK.
3: I just want to clarify something really quick because it was touched upon, and I I read the email really quick in brevity, the one that mentioned COC, and the listener, Michael, wrote in and said, Do bands get two Poser songs if they have distinctive eras? Oh, okay, oh, so oh, okay. so that hedged that, and I I messed up reporting on that. So so you can have your like Michael Graves, their opposing the song like dig up her bones <laughs> or shit, bones. And then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, well, it's the question is do they? So I guess Damien. I don't do think they. so. Okay. I don't think there so because like
0: it's like one of those songs that like, you know, like and once it, it keeps coming back to the Grateful Dead to this because they've got like such a culture <laughs> and their fans are so obsessed with it. You know, mm-hmm. so to, like, reduce it to, like, this one pop flourish that they had and be like, no, nah, that's kind of the best thing they ever did. You know, no, I, got a, I got the idea. Like, like, my friend Zach is, like, the biggest fucking Guided by Voices fan. Like, you know, my homie Zach, like, some of you guys have met him. Uh, a lovely guy to death. But, like, his favorite band is Guided by Voices, <laughs> right? But I always, you know, just get under his skin because I think Hold on Hope is the best Guided by Voices song. and that's kind of the poser song of guided by voices (laughs) so it like really pisses him off when I say that to him like you know and uh, that's where I kind of got the game from
2: (laughs) well that I just want to like that is probably the best take on guided by voices that I've come across in ages Um, you know
0: like there's a band that's put in, like a million songs, and you're like, nah, it's just the one that had the video. That was in <laughs> Buffy the <Yeah>. Vampire Slayer.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, that's, that's why this game is fun, right? Like, you know, the uh, what would it be what would it be steps for for Snapcase?
3: Uh. Well, maybe, but what's they had a bigger song off that progression record, You're right, didn't dude. they? What, what? Yeah. S- So, Firestorm would obviously be the Earth Crisis
0: yep, song. Yep.
3: Yeah. I, yeah, I would say so. Or maybe
1: Gamora well, season ends. No, no. There's sure. that, that like sure. the I am straight edge chant song. Yeah. That's, like a, that's, that. that's season Gamora end.
3: season ends. Yeah. But, uh, no, what's the other Firestorm and why am I failing to acknowledge the other massive early Earth Crisis hit here? All at once. All at war, yeah, but I think those but, yeah, are almost no, like.
0: firestorm, hundred percent. I think uh, yeah, I'd say firestorm. I still think I don't know. Gamora season ends because like that's got like the pop kind of flourish to it. But maybe you're right. Maybe it's all at war. I mean, uh, I mean. Um, you know, firestorm. 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 is, is
2: the, is the it's one. the one.
0: Yeah, it's it, the for one for sure. It's, the, it's one. the one.
3: It's the one. It's because. I mean, it's- it's so easy. No one's gonna to play. make it
1: all the way through that song. because It's so
3: <laughs> long.
1: Dave and I. I don't know how they committed that to a seven-inch. That's why they had to put it on a twelve-inch because they probably couldn't master it. It's so long.
0: It's pretty much a Dave. dance song, though. Like it's just like you're just putting that on. Like it's all about breaks in that song. So if you can mod, it's
3: just uh, Dave and I off off show had a started a debate about this because I was I was expressing. Uh, my love for a recent repress, a recent uh, completely unnecessary repress, <laughs> a twelve-inch repress, as Dave alludes to, of that uh, EP, I guess. That uh, three-minute,
1: fifty-five-second <laughs> crusher. <laughs> yes. God damn it! That song's so. I mean, no offense to
0: Damien, but geez, that's a long song. <laughs> Dude, that's. I want. I want to do like a thirty-five-minute version. Of that song,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it'd be like when Fire... I saw Clock Cleaner open for Negative Approach, and they just played Ready to Fight for like six
3: minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay.
1: before Negative Approach.
3: Wow, um, I, I would. I want to hear Year of the Firestorm pretty bad, but um, what else? Okay, where, where did we get off? We got off track here. What are we talking <laughs> about? Poser songs, um, poser songs. I don't know. So that's all. Do we have any other blatant submissions that we've left out? Of, like, key punk bands, so obviously, like, or, uh... I mean, so I'd say just name a band, we'll, we'll
0: we'll have it, you know? I'd, I'd like to bring a... it back to John Waters for a second. Okay. He, okay. he said the most brilliant thing he ever saw was... He went to the movie, like, 24 Hours Psycho, where they sh- slow down the movie Psycho, uh, so it takes 24 hours to watch it. <laughs> and he said it was incredible because, like, eventually people just started talking in the theater. What about, what about what about twenty four hour bro him?
1: Twenty four <laughs> hour
0: Well, they have all those like YouTube
1: videos where it's just like a loop of a thing over and over and over again. So you could probably just do bro him.
0: I'm just talking about having like, like, different to, musicians they to climb, come in, s- style. Just different musicians come in and swap out, um, and so you can play the song for twenty four hours. Oh, like you are playing the song at normal speed for twenty four hours straight? yeah, like just well, you have to add more verses and more choruses
3: oh okay That's, but but you're okay. I loop. took it as you it's some sort of weird extrapolate like it's it's one song slowed down to the point
0: where it's twenty four hours no, therefore it's oh, kind cool decipherable so it's like a, like you're saying it's almost like an earth version of bro hymn.
3: exactly, yeah,
1: you
0: know, on, I'm on all that in Chris kind of note, um, you know how on uh, iTunes and
1: maybe other platforms, there's that like half speed, double speed button on the bottom <laughs> yeah. of your podcast app? I think when you have, you know, more of your heavy guests, you should put the slow down version of the Turned Up Punk <laughs> intro. Because I've played it by accident by just hitting that button. Yeah. And, you know, I think it sounds pretty hard. So you might want to think about that if, you know, when you have like a Matt Pike's episode or something like that. <laughs> I like,
0: who? You know, like, who has ever listened to a podcast and been like, fuck, they need to slow it down for me. Like, yeah. They need to go to one and a half speed. Or, like, two times as slow, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... I don't know why that choice is, is a choice we have available to us, but, yeah. you know, that's the 21st century, I guess. I can uh... listen
0: to it faster, because you want to get through it, but, like, why are you ever like, fuck, I want to hear these guys talk about raw... I know, just want to make it last. Half the speed, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, as I'd say about yeah. trying to do a 24-hour version of Brohim, so, yeah, you know, it all depends on what drugs you're on. Yeah. <laughs> all all right. right, so. Next mailbag option?
3: Yeah. <laughs> the next one we're getting into is integrity-related uh, emails with regards to, obviously, your interview with Dwid uh, back in, I'm going to guess, September, maybe August. Um, but, uh, one of the things was about, uh, sort of related, non-related, uh, a wrestling punk connection as Damien likes to mention. Um, but, uh, listener Caleb wrote in about a UFC fighter, which isn't wrestling. I realize, but, uh, he mentions, came out of wrestling, though,
0: that, Chris, what's that? It came out of wrestling. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. UWFI uh, in Japan. <laughs> okay. Creep Pride. But,
3: Regardless, uh, yeah. He writes in that it's not really wrestling, as he mentions the UFC. The vocalist of this band, Ruiner, he writes in, is fought in the UFC and therefore it counts as your wrestling, uh, in your wrestling category, he claims. But uh, what he writes in relation to integrity in it is that uh, in a recent, I guess, in a recent episode of that American show Shameless, the American version, mm-hmm. apparently. William H. Macy's character wears an Integrity t-shirt throughout an episode. And uh, I have no recollection of this as I watch the show. But if you or any of you are familiar with this, I, I did not ever see this. But uh, so that was our one write-in for a pop culture kind of reference.
0: I've heard about and Shameless then, having a hardcore punk connection from someone else. It might. I think
3: you guys have been on it soundtrack-wise. Fucked up, really? Yeah, you might have been.
0: I don't. I know. I know. We were on billions, because my man Brian um, coming through. Love you, buddy.
3: <laughs> but uh, regardless, I've never seen that. If anyone has that, feel free to screen cap it and and send it and in it, at. Turn to, turn
0: and it, it fucked public. up was what on it. This? Let me know because if you can find that episode, I'd love to. I'd love to check that out and and then sue them for lots of money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we got paid accordingly. Uh, I just want to see it. <laughs>
3: The other one uh is a brief mention uh from another listener, Mike, about how that we did not uh reference in the footnote for the integrity related episode that the warp tour picture on the back of Humanity is the Devil and that it was taken at Warp Tour in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, of course. Uh which is a great shot. Uh and the other final one, which I think is more of a I would discussion. love to see
0: the reverse angle of that shot. You know, like, what would the crowd look like there? Because it probably oh. would probably be like, <laughs> you know, like, obviously, they, or maybe they got a bunch of their friends in and it was sick. But, like, you know, I'm just picturing the Warp Tours I went to in Toronto, like, how over the heads of people that would have been <laughs> at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, them
1: playing Warp Tour
0: is really weird.
3: Especially in that that year, like that would have been what, like ninety? It's the second year, maybe
0: seven? Yeah, right. Like ninety-six.
3: It might have even been the first. No, first year was ninety-four. So yeah, it was probably two or three years in. I would think.
0: Yeah, it would have been it would have been cool as fuck. Like for me, at, like to walk in and see that. Yeah, I got to see good bands on the warp Tour. We've talked about this before on the show.
4: Yeah. You
0: know, some um, ill, Ill warp Tour lineups, but you know, integrity <laughs> on it would have been awesome. <laughs> so another
3: listener wrote in.
2: Related well, if, to the- if
1: you if you're interested, uh, per the internet website YouTube, there is a a, a five minute twenty two Integrity Live at ninety five Warp Tour video on there.
3: Oh, shit. there we go.
1: Which, 95. if you according to the the note here, at minute two minute and three seconds, you can see the 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 back cover like that's the scene of that happening.
3: Oh, nice, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Nicely nicely done. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to I'm watch I'm going to actually now.
0: watch this video instead of my children, my bride, doing their song on Wings of Integrity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, wait, are your children doing an integrity set? Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Be is, that, is that another robot related yeah, yeah. spin off show? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, are you guys hearing that?
0: No, no I'm not. I'm yeah, turning off the volume on that.
3: <laughs> so. While we're, while we're figuring this out next email, revisiting Weird Integrity Records from John um, after listening to the dwid episode I thought about Integrity 2000 and Closure, uh, the quote unquote Weird Integrity Records, after sitting down with the records and giving them a couple re-listens I can say they're not as bad as people have made them out to be, Integrity 2000 is the weaker of the two just because of the new metal parts which stick out like a sore thumb and sound like a knockoff of Slipknot not sure if I agree with that line personally, but I don't feel a slipknot vibe on that record. No, I don't feel uh, one either
0: on that record, but I can see this like it's definitely of its time.
3: Yeah. Um, but uh, Closure still sounds like a normal integrity album, just kind of sounds off with the clean vocals and industrial parts. Um, not going to say they don't have some bad songs on them, but overall, still good records, not essential. But not throw away either, and then a postscript for Damien: the second DYS record is not good and almost unlistenable. Sorry, Damien. So there we have
0: it. Okay, fake news on that one. Um, <laughs> on to uh, the 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 other part. Uh, I I think that um, uh, I I think those records are 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 great. Like I do I liked them at the time when they came out. Like not as much obviously, but I did like them at the time they came out. I still own both of them. This day, uh, don't throw them on as much as the other ones, but yeah, like, he, like that guy can write a song, you know. And I'm, I'm, I think, you know, Twit is one of the most interesting people in hardcore to me for a reason, and it's because everything he does, even when they're kind of like these weird detours, I find kind of interesting because it's a weird I w- detour.
3: I would agree with that. I own both those still as well. I mean, I think the trouble with any group that creates a, oh. um, whatever records of a certain caliber is that when there is a record that either isn't sonically the same or just, just frankly cannot reach those same heights, it's always going to be compared against it. And so I think that there are many artists that have that, whatever that suffer from that, uh, criticism or what have you. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Dave's and integrity. Up? If looking at their discogs right now, they have a really impressive number of, of members and ex members. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, like, I mean, whereas, like, you know, I'm not throwing shade, but Integrity is never, like, really my bag, like, in general. um, I've heard a a fair amount of their records. Not really. For the amount of records they have, I guess I haven't. But, you know, I mean, I've heard the first three LPs for sure, you know, Um, and, like, and not just, like, once. Like, I've heard them all, you know, a bunch of times. Um, they have a lot of records, but, and I'm not throwing, really making, you know, anything, anything slanderous because like, there are definitely people that like a lot of integrity records and like, not even like, you know, like to die for closure and, and tech 2000, like people, you know, they're not just a, I like the, I like the demo man kind of
0: band. Yeah. like well, I don't think there's ever been like a terrible integrity record at all. Like I'm one of those fans. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been records I like more than others, definitely, but, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, obviously, I'm sitting in a room with, you know, the majority of these records is pretty much Integrity Records. Um, but, <laughs> you know... Uh, but yeah, all yeah. well, 24 versions of For Those Who Fear Tomorrow. I definitely have a, a couple versions <laughs> of For Those Who Fear Tomorrow. Have a test press, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, I'm a, a fan of this band, so... uh. You know, I, I definitely am kind of like the opposite of you, I guess, in that way, Dave. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's, you know, because of, I mean, this is just my own. I don't want to say it to hang up, but just because of, because of get, being like a childhood metalhead kid, and then getting into punk, things that were metallic in punk, I did not, I shied away from. Yeah. So, like, you know, ninety-five when like a lot of that, like that kind of hardcore was happening i just didn't give it a real shot because it was just too metal so like going back like way after the fact hearing like the devil those year tomorrow systems overload you know like i've i've heard them i think you know and i've i mean like i've probably put them on in 2018 so it's not even like one of those things where it's like oh i've heard them i haven't heard them in forever like i'm sure i've listened to "Humanity's the devil like this year at some point you know um, but I mean, there's a lot of integrity records and like, I don't know, there's, there's, I never really like went down the like suicide black snake kind of route.
0: Yeah. Like I, 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 uh, don't have every single integrity record, but as I do say, I do have a quite a bit of them. Um, to me, the weirder ones are like the split with the kids of Whitney high, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the split with like Lockwell, I believe. Yeah. Where it's like ATF Assault, I think's on that one. Yeah, I think you're correct. Um, uh, you know, the split with Hatebreed, I find really interesting in two. Um, you know, I find those some of the weirder integrity records. Like the one that the, the Psy Warfare 7-inch that came with a lyric sheet for seasons the size of days. Um, I remember getting that record with all the weird shit that it comes with. Uh, they're, like, a fascinating band, like, a real interesting band to be a fan of. Like, I like bands where they kind of reward you for being a fan because there's always, like, new things to find out. And, like, little Easter eggs.
1: I mean, when they played here, this last month by Southwest, I went. You know, like, I'll go watch Integrity for sure, you know.
0: You're goddamn right so, you will, Dave. Yeah. Goddamn right. <laughs> I, I, I went. Hey, Martin, what's what, your favorite I mean, Integrity there was a members of
1: No War, there was a members of Fucked Up there, Not not you, though.
0: No, I I'm uh, I I don't go to South self- South West unless I get booked. And yeah, I wasn't booked. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
3: uh, I that. think uh, you were talking about ATF assault being on the B side of one of those singles. Yeah,
1: really quick. it's on the kids of any high split.
3: Yeah, oh, it was, it was not. It was not on the side warfare or the Lockwell. But yeah. Um, it is, is, it? It's on Kids Man?
1: to Winnie High yeah. with that oh, yeah. and
0: Jagged Visions 96. Yeah, Jagged That's Visions right. 96. That song is fucking sick. Which also came with, what, Blood Book 3, it seems? Yeah. I think? Yep. Yeah.
3: Anyhow. Just that was the a first
0: integrity piece of vinyl that I owned. I had CDs <laughs> prior to that, but I, that was the first piece. I bought it at full blast.
3: Nice. Still need it. Holla. Holl at your boy
0: over here. Just trying to get your Kids of Whitney
1: High discography filled. You just need yeah. to get that one as well.
0: Real It top? all comes yes. back to Faith No More. <laughs> Mike Patton put out that Kids of Whitney High album. Yeah, he <laughs> did. On his well, yeah, there, there, there
2: was one before Mike Patton.
0: Yeah, there yeah, was a, sure. a real legit one. But I mean yeah, like yeah. I'm saying like in the modern era day or like twenty years ago modern era or twenty five <laughs> years ago modern era.
1: You weren't just getting all your things on Rounder, making your way through the all their releases, yeah. <laughs> picking up the, the 1989 special music for for special kids uh, LP, kind of like a Cramps homage, I assume.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, they they the, they were interviewed in Answer Me, right? Like the like the like,
1: e- either Answer, answer, me, answer me, me or like while you were sleeping, or we, one of those we
2: gone wrong.
0: No, it was Answer Me. It was definitely an Answer Me. Yeah. Um, the the guy who I guess produced it, produced the project way back when, uh, the original project. Um, well, let's move out of this territory and <laughs> yeah, let's move
2: away from answer me. Welcome please. to footnotes. Where like
0: all of a sudden we're like fucking in the the, the worst part of punk history, like talking about <laughs> answer me fanzine Like God, yeah. let's move on.
3: Welcome to footnotes. Okay, uh, I think we answered everything that needs to be answered there. I believe. um please yeah yeah. next topic (laughs) we're going to go to poison idea which is in reference of course to the jerry a uh this says jerry part two but i guess we never did a mailbag i don't think no since since even the first part so it covers kind of i guess all that but um uh listener sam writes in first of all really enjoyed the episode Love hearing uh, the details on all errors of poison idea, but feel the darkness is my favorite. And then in brackets writes taken by surprise was written in ten minutes. Exclamation point question mark uh, It's a shame to hear uh, Jerry and the Slayer hippie or the Slayer hippie are still. Um, that's me reading it wrong, pardon me, are, are still on such bad terms that he vaguely refers to him as a quote-unquote guy who was in the band a couple of years. Since his drumming on Filth Kick, War All the Time, Feel the Darkness, um, some of their absolute best records is a huge part of the leg of the legendary status for myself and many others. Um, he also produced Feel the Darkness and the first Heat Miser LP, um, but nothing else of note that I know of.
0: Comes back to Elliot he- Smith right there
3: fuck (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh so it was a shame to hear that him glossed over like that since i feel he's highly integral to that awesome era record not saying jerry doesn't have the right to hate since uh allegedly there are some uh, there are some things i won't get into wrote here uh but uh, i have an epitaph vinyl pressing of feel the darkness sounds excellent interview um in the interview where jerry says slayer hippie was the one to sell the record to epitaph Uh, He also said that Slayer Hippie was also in possession of the original tapes at the time, and that interview was on some blog which seems to have disappeared. Would love to hear uh, a part of the—regarding the black—blank, pardon me, blackout vacant, and we must burn. Um, But as Jerry put it in the documentary, that is when we were just playing for drug money, quote-unquote. So maybe not meant to be. Anyway, gentlemen— do, uh, I thought just, it was like things that obviously I'm sure we're all kind of aware of, but if we needed to parse any of this or what have you, well, I'll just throw out a couple things per
1: discogs. It looks like integrity may have had more ex members than poison idea, which is funny. <laughs> um, well, they lasted yeah. longer, right? At this point. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, one of them, I guess they're both probably still going in some regard. No, Poison um, is
0: done, done now. I'm pretty sure you Said right, I
1: don't know. I don't know. Um, I will say that Slayer Hippie also burned me on a record indirectly, so you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll stick, I'll pick Jerry on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I, I also say, you know, like, so you know, I, I think, yeah, the guy, you know, he, he contributed a lot in that time, but um. But then fell off so hard, and uh, you know, where's the Slayer hippie uh, records now? What's he doing? What happened? He's got a record. What's it called?
3: Fetish.
0: Yeah, Fetish. It's on. uh, It's on our friend Mark's label.
3: Yeah.
0: Shout out to uh, Beach Impediment Records. Yeah, they put
3: out a record this year. Yeah, it's good. Uh, But what I will say here is, it's it's difficult. I think from a fan perspective to parse this because. I, I assume we're all fans here collectively.
4: Um, yes.
3: That Even like, Dave Martin, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, from a fan's perspective, I, I see what the listener who wrote in is is saying here, where it's unfortunate because this is like, I think to a lot of people, you know, their sort of favorite era of the group and, and sort of that, you know, it's sort of like this is, uh, I don't know, whatever. Like, like the unfortunate... Um, Whatever, like, conclusion to this is that that will never really be elaborated on more, perhaps because of, you know, that beef, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, who knows, like, you know, who knows what happens in the future. But at this point, yeah, I don't think those parties are uh, very happy with each other. Um, uh, you know, it's, 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 once you're in a band, though, it's, it's hard to know from the
2: outside about what actually these situations are like in my experience yeah being in a bed is hard Uh, and so you know it's whatever
0: yeah and you never really know until you're in the van who the heroes and who the villains are (laughs) I say this as someone that's probably not a you know probably more of a villain in the fucked up van Jonah's probably the hero if we're being honest Oh, yeah. Maybe a little Josh. (laughs) And just a bunch of other villains.
3: (laughs) Not touching any of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. I don't blame Uh, you. Thank God none of them listen to this
2: podcast. Yeah. And and not to, uh, this is the part of the podcast where I toot my own horn a little bit. I just want to say that. I believe that Nosebleed single came up on the the first uh, Jerry Eddie, uh episode. Yeah.
0: I ain't been to no I music just, school.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just want to say that as a thank you for letting us crash at his house, I sent him my copy of that single.
0: God uh, damn, yeah. Dave. Yes. Punk history right there. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to send him a text and tell him that. So, yeah.
2: 1991. That's awesome. Well, how was staying at his house? Oh, it was amazing. Um, he had, uh, <laughs> on his wall, on his walls, he had a picture of JFK. Yeah. Morrissey. Of course. And Jandek. Of course. That's awesome. What was the last one? Jandek. Jandek. Yeah. deck.
3: Wow. Yeah. That's eclectic. I like it.
2: Yeah. And and uh, I mean, my 1991 brain was absolutely blown.
1: Yeah. You guys were just <laughs> all sitting there talking about how punk just
0: broke. Yes. Yes. Best movie ever.
3: <laughs> and that takes two boxes, because then we can, if you want to start talking about the Thurston episode, let's go, into let's go. Let's use that as a segue.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, I think, do we want to parse, yeah, let's just throw that out there. Do we want to talk about anything from the Thurston and or Jerry A stuff that hasn't been mentioned thus far? I can't honestly remember everything, because they're pretty dense with, they were both, with info.
1: Yeah, I can't remember at this point, but. Obviously, I, I greatly enjoyed both.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, they were both uh, like dream episodes to get to do. Um, you know, like Jerry Jerry coming back on the show was. You know, I normally don't like doing the part twos so close together, as you can tell. Uh, uh-huh. But like he hit me up, and I'm like, oh god, yeah, there's so much more to talk about, so much more. You know, and now there's even room for a part three because we could talk about Metallica covering them. So, oh, yeah, yeah, actually,
3: sorry. We'll do that, yeah. So, another listener wrote in with oh, regards it, to that.
0: Also, uh, before you get to that, Chris, I yeah. want everyone to know I am working behind the scenes right now to try and get the ban of Jerry A. lifted from the Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to wind up getting me banned, but... <laughs> yeah
3: as discussed i don't remember which part that's discussed in is that two or one part that's two. two i think that's, that's part two, two. <laughs> yeah that's which it. i believe is also where the McHarvey harvey story is in
0: Yeah, the mick harvey story is, which yeah. is in and that's barry references that on the barry episode too
3: so good yeah he does actually yeah
0: yeah so
3: good so with regards to the cover though that as discussed um Another listener, a separate listener, Michael, wrote in, it's just Metallica brackets, kind of covers Poison Idea. There's a video of it. I have not watched it myself. Really? Um, out of fear, yeah. yeah. just because It just makes just me Just be angry. too into
0: it. Mosh. Let's look let's it up. <laughs> Metallica. <house. laughs> oh, I watched it. I know. Well, it's... Like, well we, let's all watch it together. It's only like a, <laughs> a short thing, right? I mean, well, it's... I would,
2: I would I would advise against it. But, Why, you think it's going to hurt our ears? Have you not watched it, Damien? Uh, I thought I
0: watched it, but maybe not.
3: So it's so, it says like it's titled Metallica, quote unquote, Taken by Surprise, brackets was yeah. idea cover, but it's, twelve five eighteen.
0: The
1: thing is, to 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 slag it, I'm not going to try to like act diplomatic about this. Um, there's no drums. So, yeah so it's it's but it's also like the same way that like bands like kiss like clearly like lose touch with reality at a certain point and like they just talk about fantastical things that literally no one could relate to like yeah metallica are by metallica i mean kirk hammett and robert Trujillo or whatever his name is are on stage with like there's like a like a music stand, like where he's reading the lyrics. Yeah, there's no drums, and there's probably more people. I mean, that's not it. There's, you know, probably forty thousand people watching what you normally would be seeing like two like fourteen year olds in a garage doing. Yeah. Like yeah. Gr- garage mean,
3: days re-re revisited, I guess. But
2: Yeah. So all but, of
3: they, all of that's perfectly stated. I'm watching as Dave said that, and that is all spot yeah. on.
2: I mean, they've been doing that, you know. They, uh, I don't know if you guys, they, they covered Prince in Minneapolis. So I think it's something that those two dudes have been doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether, like, it was like, oh, I, you know, I, you know, after playing battery, I need a break or something, you know, like, I don't know where Lars and Kirk are or or James are. James. But, yeah. But, like, it's just those two dudes and you know sort of like whipping up a special cover for no but film. i mean i i would think it was cool if it was like
1: roots i mean i guess people like but like i feel like the the venn diagram of of metallica fans and prince fans is <laughs> you know like but like if like oh we're in portland we're going to we're going to do this tonight like oh like we're uh, you know, in Reno, we'll do a seven-second song. Like, if they're, yeah. you know, we're in Boise, let's just do Hardware. You know, like, if they're going to do, like, weird, you know, local fan favorites, like, I feel like Prince is, like, really, like, low-hanging fruit. Like, you, you know, know he why don't do you know, right?
0: Like, it's almost uh, like if uh, you I, don't do it, and it's, it's like a good play for Metallica to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but they could do, like, a Destroy song or something. Yeah, you know, be fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. Yo, you know. How many of you guys out there, like, telling you four? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and then he just reads the lyrics, you know, right off a sheet. <laughs> like,
0: I, You know, if it gets one fucking person in there to click on a Poison Idea track on their streaming service, you know, like, yeah. you know, then, then that's kind of cool.
3: Yeah. So... I just I just watched it, so my I'm with Damien on that aspect of
2: it to be to be a bit precious. Well, about, about uh, yeah, know I'm always for turning people on to music. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm also, you know, kind of preferential to like good versions of good music. Yeah, absolutely.
3: <laughs> uh, so, Dave Martin, I didn't get to my butt yet. So. <laughs> this is where the butt comes in and i've had many a metallica rant on the show and this will be another one so it the video is amusing because it is as uh david up described it's very awkward in the sense that it's just the two of them without a drummer it does look straight out like a high school band style thing which like i'm sure in their minds is probably incredible like that they're doing it Uh they did it in Portland, so okay, I guess minor points for like a little shout out. And as I said, I'm with Damien on like maybe if like even one person like gets into it, that's cool. Uh but (laughs) uh it's really bad. (laughs) Um the only upside I see to this is that's the only two cool members of Metallica doing it presently. Um and uh Kirk Hammett's wearing an off white shirt and that's about the only bonuses I see to this. Everything else is uh, downhill. I look forward to when they play the soldier
1: set. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. None, <laughs> none, 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 none.
0: And then just goes right into it and everyone just loses it. <laughs> yeah, because everyone will know. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he's like, everyone out there, sing along. It's like, dude, you are living in the, the same fantasy world I live in. Yeah. We're like a stadium for, full of people are like, oh shit, they're playing this poison idea song. Fuck. Let's all scream along. Yeah, <laughs> like that's why you cover Prince. That's why you do aim for the low hanging fruit. Because, yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. Like you know, Metallica fans aren't really aiming for the fences with their, you know, listening habits. I,
1: I mean, they 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 turned a literal generation of people onto the Misfits. Yeah, so so cool. Good yeah. on you. I mean, a- but <laughs> if, if we're going for like poser mall metal, getting into into hardcore bands, then you're going to have to go with Pantera, getting people into Poison Idea more than you are uh metallica I or, think.
0: or like machine head too right did machine head cover poison idea as well i think they do
1: right you truth be told
3: i don't know a lot about machine head i'll be honest No, same i'm still <laughs> signing with david up on this though no, machine Head are just not as big not even close it's, Yo, it's just a deep purple album
0: to me? Song called machine head got a machine what? head better than the rest
1: there is a Bush head, yeah, I guess so. Now that I'm looking at Machine Head in discogs, wow. no, but it, it, I mean, it's definitely a, it's, a, it's a, a Deep Purple record, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it's that's that's what that
0: is, yeah, yeah. No, it's Deep Purple is. record too. But do you think like Machine Head by Bush probably has nothing to do with Machine Head, the metal band? Like they weren't like, yo, let's let's. It's a cool name. Let's just use that for our band. because they, no, the same sure. time, they no? were
2: naming themselves after the Deep Purple record. That, that would It'd be super so cool they if they were all deep bush, bush heads. <laughs> and had and, and only recently become aware of Deep Purple. <laughs> There's also a movie right. called Machine so Head
0: from 2011. We, we, it gets one and a half stars on IMDb. Or
1: 2.8. Alright, so we got a new band with the guy from Violence. What should we call it? Uh, Glycerine? <laughs> No, no, no! That's stupid. Uh, machine head. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a better Bush. Song.
0: Let's, Let's go with it that out. one. Oh, by the way, the reason that I called Bush X is because in Canada they had to be called Bush X, not Bush. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't re- I I didn't know that. Yeah, we had to give them why. A, uh, there was a Canadian band called Bush from the '60s or something that owned the copyright on the name. Ah, uh, all right. That's like Blink One Eighty Two is <laughs> called Blink One Eighty Two, right? Because they were originally called Blink. And there's another band called Blake and they're sort of like fuck 182. I'm
1: I'm just looking at so does that mean if like if I was like going through like discogs on Bush, like if I wanted to get, you know, like a, a cool version of razor blade suitcase, is there like a Canadian press that's
0: as Bush X? Dave, I'm not saying I've already got your uh, Christmas present bought now, but now that I know that's <laughs> what you're looking for <laughs> Yes, there is a Bush X razor blade suitcase uh, with an X on the sleeve as well. The Canadian Oh, uh, there we
1: go. Also known as Bush X. There we go. All right. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I might know less about Bush than I know about Machine... No, I'm, I probably know more about Bush than I know about Machine Head, I'll be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Bush X did a cover of Poison Idea, though. No. They probably they probably do feel the darkness and turn it into like a straight ballad. (laughs) It'd be beautiful. Um,
1: Sick. I'm gonna search what what. Okay, now I'm gonna just go to Google. Machine Head Poison Idea cover. (laughs) Alan's on fire. That's cool. Really. Good choice. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. I'm. I mean, color me impressed on Machine Head's choice
0: of Poison Idea covers. You know, they know. They were, they were into good shit. Yeah.
3: And to to Damien's argument, I guess, if I'm playing devil's advocate, on the episode, Jerry A. kind of throws shade at the Pantera cover. Not in that they did it, but in the... He said he said it was like a mutual road guy or whatever that worked
0: with them that turned them on to it. It wasn't there. No, it was like a guy interviewing them that slagged them off by telling that's them, like, they should yeah. sound like this instead. That's right. And that's where it... So... You know, negative points to that as well. I think that kind of makes Pantera cooler because it's kind of like, you know, not, believe me, not defending Pantera on some things some members have said on stage or anything like that. Uh, but, like, you know, it gotten like, the, imagine, like, being in a band, you're popular, some fucking asshole interviewer is like, yeah, you guys should sound like this band. They're better. And you go and you listen to it and you're kind of like, he's not lying. They're pretty fucking sick. And you cover their their song, that's kind of a cool look.
3: I don't know. Yes, I just I think deep down I feel like it it was like someone verifying to them that this was like cool and legit, and therefore that's why it was like done. But yeah, your angle works too. I don't know. I'm not. I know this story poor enough that I'm not actually trying to
1: withhold like information to like prevent talking shit. But a, a dude I know. Uh, like he worked warp tours and he worked like various, like, I don't think he was like a tour manager, but he worked like the warp tour for, for a a couple of years, I want to say. And he was with some, like one of the like emo pop punk kind of bands of the time. And I think played them start today. And then like in an interview, like the next day, I want to say the dude, uh, like claimed to be a fan of them in like an interview. And the, the dude I know, I want to say, like, just, like, called him a poser and quit. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's
3: what I was... That's kind of what I was getting at that I felt like it might have been, but perhaps I'm wrong.
0: There, there's this, like... Uh, there's this, like, amazing Avril Lavigne interview where she talks about how Dillinger 4 is her, is her favorite band. <laughs> like, from back then. It's totally, like, the same sort of thing. Like, the rest of the people in their band were, like, super into Dillinger 4. So there's, there's like, this interview, and you can see, like... Even the people in the band in the back being like, what? Like, what? <laughs> I remember watching that on TV at the time. So this is the point that she hasn't been on yet. <laughs> uh, I, hey, if Avril, you're out there. Please come on. And, like, no diss on how you got into punk and how you first heard about any of these bands. Like, that's the thing. At the end of the day, if you heard about a band and you checked them out and they're, like, a killer band, like Poison Idea, fuck how you got into it. You got into it. Yeah, I look
1: forward to her Ballad of a, uh, a post-op uh, A pre-op uh, cover That comes out to go with Alan's on fire And the badge
0: and all that. Dude, that would be yeah. so, so sick <laughs> Alright I I'm, guess we're I'm, playing I'm a local that, show that. And
1: we're going to do a little song called Hangover Heart Attack yeah,
0: That or Fall Out Boy covering uh, uh, I can't be your friend anymore Because you, you, I can't be in a band with you anymore Because you like a band on Epitaph Those are like the two <laughs> things I hope happen yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: alright <laughs> where, where are we going now
0: rip into that mailbag son
3: <laughs> well we have that one covered um, Where there is sort of uh, one kind of pressing one here with regards to uh, another recent guest uh, but it's in reference to Screeching Weasel and it's more or less chastising you and I Damien uh for for not putting wiggle or perhaps it's just me because maybe you rated wiggle higher than i i can't remember but uh it's in all caps you really need to listen to wiggle again at least listen to hanging around again emo core pop at its finest i'll probably still listen to this podcast but i don't know i expect more from the urban blight side okay so it is directly at me uh (laughs) yeah uh, I, 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 when I, I picture no Chris
0: and when I think about Chris, I picture Emocore, number one. Like That's the thing I think of <laughs> first and foremost when I think about Chris and his tastes.
3: I have no regrets. I'll have to revisit this record, but I, I'm pretty firm on this one. What, I well, what was up. your
1: stance on it again? Remind I, just me. Didn't,
3: I didn't like the Screeching Weasel record, Wiggle. Everyone it's got always,
1: some tracks.
3: Yeah, everyone had always bigged it up to me, and it, it was one that never stuck with me. Maybe it's something I can revisit, and it, I'll feel it now, but... It was sort of the one I never really took to, and, and it's just funny. So I do appreciate the message, but yeah, I, I'm still not feeling it. I will try and check it out again, but uh, throw on "I Was a high, high School Psychopath." I can like I can I, I've definitely heard the record. It's just none of it has stuck with me. And at the time, I really listened to that stuff a lot, like their catalog, and mm. I don't remember any of it really sticking. So I feel like. You know, there's a reason for that, and uh, I'll check it out again. It's definitely one of the better-looking records, I'll say that much in their catalog. But yeah,
1: but um,
2: well, that was but, yeah. pretty hard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Heyo, but yeah. Um, anyway, I just thought it was a funny message. I thought it was I thought that was you too, Dan,
0: but it's only at me,
3: so fair enough. I'll take it. I and I, it.
0: I think you and me talked about this uh, in the other episode, but I think I think now Anthem, that's my number one album, I think.
3: We had really? a deep, yeah we had a deep talk yesterday I can't remember if that was, that was in the episode or not I but, think it was but yeah. Uh, yeah revisiting the 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 songs on that record really kind of makes me think yeah that might be the real contender
1: I think, that- and looking I'm just looking at it I have it open right now
3: I think I might like wiggle more than anthems oh not having that at all but yeah I don't know like I, I'll listen to wiggle again but I, I really like Anthem. I think
2: it's great. I think, like, and, Anthem's like the most Dave Martin, what's your opinion on this? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> this is going to come as a total shock, you guys. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I've never heard a whole Screeching Weasel album. I love this, though. But,
3: okay, so because I feel like it bleeds into different things, so do you like any of it? Did you like any of it that you heard?
2: Uh, I have almost no memory of it. <laughs> I find that, like, weird, too. because I think you could
3: fuck with it. I think
2: you could fuck with something. Yeah,
0: like, they predate, like, they're pre-90s, right? Like, they predate Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah no, I just thought that record looked kind of stupid, and I never listened to it. Well, you talking uh, about Bugata, or? That first one with the with the weasel in the leather jacket.
1: Yeah, Bugata came out in 88. That's not the first yeah. one, so, buddy. That's not the first it's one. It's not the first said. one, but, like, that's what he's <laughs> talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so, I, yeah, the, and I don't
2: the, know. I think they're, I have some comp CD, uh, one of those Shreds comps, you know, uh, that, what label put those oh, the World in Shreds uh, on Shred Records. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're they're on one of those, and I might still have that downstairs, because there's a Carl Hendricks song on it or something. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Because, like, the first, like, I mean, I never, I had Boogada 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 um pretty early on and i mean it's it's in the same way that you could throw on like angry simones or something like that like it's just like snotty punk like i think it's it's very like i mean i was you know like 14 or some shit so like it's you know i i couldn't imagine because in 88 you were you weren't like an adult per se but you weren't you weren't 14 either
2: no no i wasn't um yeah so i i don't know why i just never got into it and then it just as time went on it just seemed like that that was probably the better choice (laughs) and in in looking at their discogs the thing i think
1: is crazy is there really isn't a huge gap like like in the era of when i was into screeching weasel like legitimately they like there was not an era when you could like see them play but, yeah. like, if just as an outsider, it's like 93, 94, 96, 98, 99. Yeah. Like, like they they kind of just kept going, even though they, like, I guess the time period that I was the most into them was that weird window of 94 to 96 when they were broken up.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm with you there. It felt like a big gap. It felt very long. But looking yeah. at it now, none of it is. It's all, like, two years at most.
0: Well, it's like that thing in WCW. Well, they split in 94, according to this. Or- and Go on. Sorry, Dave.
1: Yeah, like they split in '94, open '96. Yeah, I mean it, it. It seemed like it was
0: an eternity, but I guess you're right. Say that. So now you get Damian. I well, because it was like they were like Sting in WCW, where he disappeared into the rafters for a year. <laughs> they like you know, during the the exactly like that the pop punk explosion, <laughs> they were just like you know hiding out, like releasing killer records, but you know, just biding their time.
1: Yeah, I, don't know. I guess so. Sting. You know, that's just. So, so yeah, anyhow, I mean
0: like Sting. Just like Sting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: I I I mean whatever you want to say about like Ben Weasel and, you know, their legacy so to speak. I feel like I mean, I'm never I'm not, you know, the king of pop punk, but I feel like the first like Five speeching Weasel records are are kind of pretty okay pop punk records that I think people can get into. You know,
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I, I mean, I really don't know the first record well because it was just like, was it even available in any format during other than like you know the eighty seven vinyl version? No, it got reissued. It got I reissued, but like in late
0: into the it got reissued in ninety seven, yeah. which would have been.
1: No, past uh, my window of record, checking
0: it out. Dave would have been, like, know. well into the uh, spaz by that point. I was in high school. I was at, I graduated high school that year, so I, yeah, I was, I don't know. It's was, crazy it that was that like first record actually, and this is where Dave Martin gets drawn into the conversation, Dave, that first LP was put out by What Goes on Records. Yeah. Dude, that's cool.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, I like I said, I have no idea why I never heard it or anything, like, um, uh, it just, I, I, I don't know. It's like a weird, like, you yeah. know, like blank spot where I was just like, yeah, don't know. If I picture like
0: a low key Dave Martin label, I'm picturing, uh, what goes on <laughs> records.
2: Well, you know, yeah, I mean, they, they normally just license things that were, uh, that already existed. Uh, well, yeah, it, it was on a U.S. label as well.
0: Yeah, no, what I'm saying, like, that label, though, if I'm going through the catalog and I'm looking at all the Australian stuff that's there, all the New Zealand stuff, the fact that they reissued the Mice LP, yeah. uh, you know, it's like it's like Dave Martin's stuff.
2: Yeah, it kind of is. So, yeah, I have no idea why, but I just never did.
0: Well, I'm just bitch saying, magnet. you bitch magnet, Das Damen, yeah, YOLA, Tango. Yeah. S- sorry, Ma, t- forgot to take
1: out the trash. Number seventeen, number eighteen, Screeching Weasel, self-titled. <laughs> no. Number twenty, number 20 re- Replacement Stink, Soul <laughs> Asylum, all all the Dave Martin hits right in here.
0: All right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: anyway, I feel like it's our goal to get Dave Martin into at least one Screeching Weasel record. I don't we're, know if it'll happen, but we're gonna we'll make try. Dave
0: Martin like one. Pop punk or epifat band before this podcast is done. <laughs> by God damn
2: it! And the fastbacks don't count, Dave. Oh God, they certainly don't. But nobody <laughs> needs to make me like the fastbacks. I know exactly that's I what I'm saying. You already them like to them; to they're it.
0: fucking amazing. But <laughs> but like you need to like something else. Okay. <laughs> I need you to be singing "Die for Your Government" along to
2: Anti Flag. Oh yeah! <laughs> there you go. Uh, that might be a stretch, but I've got.
1: But you have know. regional reasons to be into that.
2: Yeah, and yeah, we live in know. a world
0: where Zoli sang for the Misfits and Pennywise. <laughs> Anything can happen.
3: <laughs> oh, what a big callback, Dave! Good job.
0: <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next item in the bag, I guess.
3: We're running low on the bag here. Uh I'm to see what is what is left in it. I believe <laughs> I believe that might be it. There's some very can centric, Canada centric, pardon me. No, we'll leave that. Not we'll the f-
1: bent. Not just about can.
3: No, not about yeah. can. That that's a different podcast that Dave Martin and I host uh, <laughs> a time. Um, but uh yeah, nothing that would be pertinent to what I feel would be relevant discussion after an hour and a half of this wonderful one that we've been having, um, but yeah. So, are we going to or Dame? Are you going to do the list idea now, or what well, do we want to go on?
0: I, I my computer is for Oh no, there it is. There it is. Perfect. Okay, you hear me. <laughs> <You> hear me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You. I thought I was like, oh shit, the computer's frozen for a second. We'll just start over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. No, I've been breaking it up. This is like being, this monster's already over two hours. Yeah. So we are we are there. Uh, no, I think well, I think we should right. just move on to the list. Winder down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, we're gonna say that this is last week was the last week of the year, 2018. Uh, I'm obviously gonna leave out the in uh, memorial episodes because. We don't need me to just cry again on air or anything, so we'll leave those ones out and just talk about the episodes that are uh, canon for the Turn a Punk series. Uh, Barry Hensler from the Necros. Mark McCoy from Charles Bronson. John Jughead Pearson from Screeching Weasel. Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth. Jesse Brown... Oh, no, Chris Dodge from Spaz and Slap Ham Records. Jesse Brown from the Uh, Candleland, but also my much-beloved Punch. Uh, Then we had Jerry A. Part 2. Before that, Mike Halichuk from Fucked Up. Uh, Before that, we had The Interrupters with Amy and Kevin from The Interrupters on. For that, Matt Murphy, Cedric from At The Drive-In, Shauna from uh, War on Women, and then Phil and Mike from The HBO show Animals. Oh, yeah. Getting fucked up song in that was a a highlight of the year for me, too. Uh, Sami Zayn, Eric Davidson from the New Bomb Turks, uh, Dave Pajo, Paul McKenzie from The Real McKenzie. Oh, Dave Pajo, of course, from Flint and Papa M and and Zwan and Maurice and all sorts of crazy, awesome stuff. And then the much-talked-about Dwight episode from Integrity, then J.D. Sampson from La Tigra and Men, and then Magnus from Satanic Surfers, Spike from Me First in the Gimmies, Fat Tony, Matt Jackson from Iron Age, uh, Buzz and Brian from the Melvins coming back for their part twos, Chris Freeman from Pansy Division, uh, Sam Bean from Iron and Wine. Oh my God, there's a lot of people on this show, eh? Yeah, this is, this is a long year. There's a lot of people. <laughs> uh, Tom from Slow, uh, Jesse Michaels from Operation Ivy. That's so crazy. Jesse Michaels on this podcast this year. That's fucking. Amazing. That seems like a way long ago time that, that happened, but I can't believe that it was just recently. Uh, Jasmine from uh, from uh, No Joy, Jerry A. from Part One, came on twice in one year. That's uh, that's definitely a record for us around here. Uh, and then Chris number two from uh, Anti Flag, and then Autry from Annual Knows by the Trail of the Dead, and then Abdullah, and then before that Jack Black, and then before that Peter Pere and before that John Reese, and before that Michael Ian Black, and before the Shaka Malik, and before Patty Chamel and before that Rocky Romero, and before that Jim Cuddy, before that Blake Schwarzenbach, before that B- Brody King, uh, before that uh, Jamie from Shoo Shoo, and uh, that's how we started yeah, cool. off the year. Or, or and I guess Drew Carolyn from... Uh, from uh, uh, the photographer was the, the kind of the last episode of last year that kind of blended into this year, too. Yep. So, man, it's been quite the year of guests. Yeah.
1: The whole way uh, through. It's hard to say a favorite. Uh, obviously, just because they're things that cater to... My, if I'm going to just, like, scroll through these and, and look at it... Um, I mean, obviously, I there are things like it's. It seems like I I want to just avoid things that are like, oh, that dude's my friend, or I I know like I like this band already, <laughs> you know, like those seem like real gimmies. So I, I want to not just pick on those kind of things, but mm. like, mm, just trying to pick ones that won't don't seem very much in my wheelhouse to say that I this was my favorite because obviously, as I said, all the people that I already know, but like. You know just even going back, like the one of my favorites for just being total strangers was the the Satanic Surfer guys. Like, I feel like that was a, a good episode, uh, for being dudes that I know nothing about. Uh, like that one was very interesting. Uh, so I feel like the War on Woman one was pretty good. I feel yeah, like, w- yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I, I mean, I know what, uh, I'll echo Dave's, th- you know, because there's a bunch, you know, obviously that, uh, you know. Are are really up my alley, but there were, you know, but then like a, ba- a band that I never cared about, uh, Jawbreaker, like, you know, never owned any of the records. Be after the first seven inch or whatever. I loved that episode. Uh, I thought it was really good, and it was like, um, you know, I you know one of those ones where I was like, how how do I not know this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so so that was really good, you know, and just uh you know, so like the ones like those that I I was just like, oh wow, you know. You yeah. know, obviously like you know, the Jerry A's, the Thurstons, and the Barry Hensler, those are fantastic. But yeah,
1: you know Dwid's had a lot of good funny stories.
2: Yeah. Well Dwid was another one too, I don't really know how i don't know him i'm certain that we were at, at so many of the same shows but yeah. but maybe not as well i have no idea but yeah like I, as far as i know i've never I, I wouldn't be able to pick that guy out of you know uh out of a crowded uh mosh pit mm-hmm. i
0: think I think that way that one fits in with the Dave Tahoe one and the way they, those guys two journeys kind of like start at the same place.
2: Oh, that was amazing too. And I have to say, it seemed weird. Like, like he was like, yeah, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I long for the day when to talk to Will Oldham now about uh, all the Ramones lyrics and all the Misfits lyrics.
2: That, I would love for that one to happen.
0: Bonnie Prince Billy singing Skulls, like, to my face, full volume. <laughs> <laughs> Some fancy baseball shit right there. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, i just looking through. I mean, like, as, you know, obviously I've listened to a lot of these. I mean, I know that the woman from, from Patty from Hole has had a crazy life. So, like, once again, like, I knew that was going to be interesting. Like... Matt Jackson talked about me directly by name. So I obviously have to, you know, nod to that one that I enjoy that (laughs) humor of that.
0: Yeah, Matt Jackson's journey was my, that's my, like, I'm not going to say, because like next week Chris and I are going to talk about our favorites, but like, yeah, his journey has got to be like one of the most interesting to me of all year and like still (laughs) one of the nicest dudes (laughs) in the world, but also legitimately, you know. Being real, I tell him this to his face. Well, one of the most intimidating people in the world.
2: <laughs> but but he's still just playing football, like throwing that football up on the roof and then trying yeah. to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But a great guy.
0: Like, a, a super nice dude. And so, yeah, I love that episode. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: the, the Jesse Michaels, like, you know, didn't know much about that dude other than he was the guy from Operation Ivy. Definitely. Like, once, you know, because I, I don't know when I would have ever known that he had that whole Pittsburgh period because I'm not from Pittsburgh, so I would have never had any, like, you know, hometown pride about it. He's just, you know, Unlike I would just, me. exactly. <laughs> but he would just be a Bay Area guy to me. Um, I enjoy how much of a regular person Mike Halachuk comes off like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mike was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Mike, it's funny because, like, Dave, it's it's amazing how much of, like, the impetus for us to form fucked up and like so much of like fucked up stuff is kind of spurned on by tear it up and detonation yeah. too <laughs> definitely detonation before that too.
1: Well, I'm, uh, you know, just a hot tip. You heard it here first. Uh, I'm, it came up recently that the last Dead Nation seven inch isn't on Spotify or any streaming things, but the first two and the LPR. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, I did the things that one needs to do to get things on Spotify with the dude that put up some of our other stuff, so uh, you can see uh, the painless EP and a live at WFMU set uh, joining streaming services soon. Whoa!
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> hot the, the, people tune in here for the hot music news. Yeah, well. I should have. <laughs> I,
1: I know we usually put those things at the very end of the episode, uh, but but yeah, there's a. I, I'm I mean, so, it's one I obviously am that, adding.
0: Like, uh, I didn't yeah. even know that you guys were on Spotify to begin with, so I'm now adding you to all my playlists. Yeah, the uh,
1: <laughs> all, I, everything except for Painless is is on Spotify, and I guess uh, ha- Kangaroo Records nor Dead Alive are really keeping up with their digital rights. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, so now uh, those. So I talked to uh, Joe at Don Giovanni who put up some other stuff, and I'm like, I mean, like once again, like this this is my like. Hippy punk bullshit. Where it's just like, you know, if 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 I were a fan of a band, and it's like, oh, here's a live set from like the five piece lineup, you know, recorded in a radio show. Like, yeah, I'd like I'd listen to that if I could. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, yeah, if someone wants this, like, I don't expect, you know, I'm gonna get like a discovered over this set, but you know, <laughs> if, uh, you know, from from the the nerd, uh, I feel like if you can get decent quality live tapes, you should be checking those things out. So. I, I gave it a re-listen, and it was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's put it up there. So
0: The real question, though, is when is when is the Down and flame split coming? <laughs> uh, is the Down and Flames tear-up split not
1: on, on streaming services? Nope.
0: Nope. The Fast Time split is, but I don't think. Oh, well, let maybe. No, it's not. No, it's, it shouldn't be, I guess. You're right. Uh, I the guess we'll have to talk to
1: Paul Colucci at Die Hardcore uh, <laughs> to see when he's putting that one up. Or uh, Christopher from Busted Heads. Um, no, I'm mean, you're fine without that one. I mean, I think you know what you really need to throw on whatever is on that split. I want to hear the, how the nods got to be the nods, <laughs> Next, but, oh, me, no, but the uh, down in flames are on Spotify, they are they're not, yeah. there There is the uh, complete discography, uh, which is not actually complete, um, <laughs> went up relatively recently. It's but uh, the, the so it's. The the seven oh, inch there it is. Like yeah, it's up there now. I listened to it relatively recently.
0: Fans it, also know- like number one, tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> number yeah, two. Is 13. Yeah. Uh, they they even have better bands that like like the fucked up ones like not I don't know. This one's way <laughs> closer. Lifetime. If you like lifetime, you're gonna like down in flame.
1: I mean, live for just from the same town, you know. You, you know, tragedy. They, if if you look at a lot of Down in Flames pictures, he's wearing a black hat, record shirt, Ari Store. True. So you know, you can make the you very can make true. the crossover.
0: Very, very true. Uh, we can't talk about every time we talk about Down in Flames, it starts getting a million emails. So we can.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, uh, like this is like, like I'm trying to like silently, if I could be like indicating to you guys like the. Like cutting at my neck, signal. I'd be like, "Yo, <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I'm not throwing any shade. I, I as I said, Same I came here. Same
3: like, I was like, 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 like last month. Hey, Dave. More importantly, we're not. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but we're not. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> I'm not involved. I'm not involved in this New Jersey beef business.
0: Speaking of which, if people from New Jersey want to find you on social media, Dave, how do they find you? <laughs> Um, what's my gram right now? My gram right now is twelve days of Christmas, and uh, I think my
1: Twitter is like Living Brindle or something like that.
0: I'm around. And Mr. Martin, how do they find you on social media if they're looking for you? Um, you know, just David W. R. Martin. So, know? hit up Dave Martin. Send all your favorite Screeching Weasel tracks and all your favorite Jawbreaker yeah. songs. songs. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you're looking for me, I'm at for Damien. If you're looking for Chris O'Toole, you got to look really fucking hard because he does not want to yeah. be found. Uh, yeah, and if so. you're looking for Turned Out of Punk, which is Tristan Abraham, my brother, at Turned Out of Punk on Instagram and Facebook, Turned Out a Punk Facebook thing. Uh, and, and that's it. Like some Thank you for listening. Shout out to Vans for all the love this year. Uh, shout out to all the people that have come on this show. And both you, Daves, thank you guys so much. No, thanks for having uh, me. Thank, yeah, thank you. And Chris, uh, I will see you next week, right, bud? Yeah, of course. And next week on the show, we are going to be picking our favorite episodes of the year, and just kind of like, you know, just having a clip episode. So uh, if you've got uh, a very depressing New Year's plan, uh, put us in your ears and, and, you know, turn that frown upside down. No, it's probably going to really bum me out. Really, really <laughs> bum me out. But anyway... <laughs> Happy uh, Holidays!